when you're surrounded by like-minded people of similar lived experience, it creates a weight of belief and belief support and understanding that you're not the only one. In sport, people identify as I am a rugby player instead of I am James that plays rugby. And I think if they did some more work on modelling their identities earlier and giving them different routes for understanding that their benefit in the world isn't as a sportsman but as a person um, and allowed them to explore other options alongside that, I think that would lead to easier transitions. Motivation doesn't really exist. It's, a, so it's about creating your own momentum through the actions that you take. You'll never feel more comfortable than when you're being your true self because you will attract the things, people and that really want to be there for you. Welcome to another episode of Big Risk Energy. And on this episode, I'm blessed to be joined by the one and only James Parks. James is the founder of My Day. He is a health and wellness advocate and former professional rugby player and coach. James, thanks so much for joining us. Roy, a pleasure. Genuinely, genuinely flattered like to have conversations with people that have been A, a part of my journey, B, through what I've I'm attempting to go through and have supported me. I'm generally privileged and blessed and I appreciate you taking the time. And regardless of the conversation, I know I'm going to learn a lot. I know, know I'm going to enjoy it. So you and your team, super excited. Thank you. Mate, I'm so excited to learn from you because w- <laughs> one of the things that, because I think we probably spoke for the first time two years ago. Yeah, or not, not as long as that, maybe a year, Okay, 18 months. Fine, fine, yeah. something like that. Okay, and one of the things that really occurred to me is just, you know, you're the sort of person that people just want to collaborate with, work with, do things with. Um, is this something you've always had? Oh, definitely not, because as I say, my, my previous life, I was really very, very fortunate. I spent 21 years, as you said, in professional rugby, eight years doing my best to be really good, figured out that I probably wasn't quite as good as I hoped, had a great ride along the way, met brilliant people, Fortunately, fell into like high performance coaching for uh, rugby players, and so in that, the the biggest thing you learn is that you can know all the science you want, but until you actually learn about the person and the people, it doesn't really count for anything. And that pastoral element of learning to know the person and why it's relevant to them, and that might be what their drivers are, what their reasons are, whether that be money, family, friends. Uh, a whole host of previous life experiences, traumas, told they're not good enough, so all the stuff you hear about, that's where you start to understand and get the best out of people. And so maybe that's moved across and into going into the business world, but I'm, I'm, I'm your archetypal, read one self-development book too many. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can do this too. And without that sort of lack of knowledge, I don't think I would have made the first step if, if I knew know, knew then what I know now. I probably wouldn't have started, and it's so true, right? But I do feel maybe there's been some crossover, but I wouldn't say it was something I thought, well, that's going to stand me in good stead. I just, I just love people. I love that humans can do amazing things, and I think that the more of us like yourself that can promote those qualities in people, the, the better outcomes that we're going to get for everyone. So. Amazing, amazing. And what was that transition like from rugby to, to business because I think um, again when I speak to you I get the feeling of there's a bit of pragmatism to the way that you approach things you, you know you can sort of see things as they are rather than maybe getting so emotionally invested in them where you can't see the forest from the trees is how it feels now obviously I could be totally wrong on yeah. this but that's really the impression I get and you know was the fact that actually transitioning from player to coach and coach to business mm-hmm. seems like transition's been quite a big part of what you've you know been through yeah uh, transition's 
really interesting and it's a for another day a really it's something in professional sport I think could be done in a different manner to create better outcomes I think in sport people identify as I am a rugby player instead of I am James that plays rugby and I think if they did some more work on modeling their identities earlier and giving them different routes for understanding that their benefit in the world isn't as a sportsman but as a person um, and allowed them to explore other options alongside that, I think that would lead to easier transitions. Mm. For me personally, the the first bit's sort of super, super great, right? Raised a little bit of money. I'm going to launch something. It's going to be brilliant. We're going to be making money. Like, can you swear on this? Mm-hmm. Absolute horseshit. Um, <laughs> The reality for me, and I'm sure for the large number of people that go on this journey, is had an idea, didn't say, uh, didn't test it with enough appropriate people because you didn't know them because they weren't in your network because you thought you'd tried, launch something absolutely useless. People don't want to buy from you. They don't know who you are. You've got no proof. And all of these things hit home. And I'd say after about, so I left work in July. By the November, we'd launched out, let's say, testing our first product. And I was like, oh, my word, this is terrible. (laughs) However, with that comes, like, you've got two choices. And don't get me wrong, I went through some of the most inadvertent commas, challenging or stressful uh, times of my life. And I'm a reasonably of steady, pragmatic human being. Not too much gets to me, but like it was the classic case of it started coming out um, in, like I got covered in a rash. Like, right. you know, say I wasn't as balanced as I should be. That can impact your home life. So some of it, like at the beginning, I thought I'll be fine. But the reality of the transition has been absolutely really difficult, really, really tough. And I think everybody's context and reality is different. Everybody's networks, links, leads, um, opportunities to scope, deliver, chat to people is also different. Like I live on the on the moors in Devon, right? Mm-hmm. So to build that out, the thing I'm most proud of is where we are now. We're, like I can only just see the start line. We're 27 months in and we finally got a proposition where we've got a major pilot with an unbelievable business. And that to me, we haven't even got there yet. We're building it with them. That to me is like now I'm starting to, all those lessons that I've learned are starting to pay back and compound hugely because I've managed to find a way to keep going. And I think hopefully part of my real positive personal characteristics is that all the cliches are cliches for a reason. Turn up every day, Mm. find something that makes a change to the business that moves you forward, connect with somebody, be kind, and just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And of course, there are things that come into play. Finances, is your idea actually any good? Have you just been, say, blowing smoke up your own ass? Mm-hmm. All of those sorts of things. And like, I've been there and I've done it already. <laughs> like, it's a fact. But like, I feel like we're getting somewhere. And I've learned so much about myself and I, I wouldn't change doing this for anything because I'm a, a far richer uh, person for it through everyone that I've met, through the experiences that I've had, and through what I've learned. So now I feel, I feel really fortunate to have been on this so far. I, I think one of the things that um, you know you should add to that list, and which I think a lot of founders listening to this really need to learn, is this journey is totally scrambled. 
you know, there is no blueprint, there is no clear guide to startup, right? There's lots of people's experiences, and those experiences are helpful, but there is no clear A, B, C, D, you know, way to navigate through the alphabet here. But there's two ways of dealing with that reality. One is feeling like it's unfair, that there is no guide, and throwing toys out the pram, being like, well, that's bullshit. You know, it's not fair. <laughs> I did all the things that someone else did, and it didn't work, right? Yeah. Or the other one is saying, okay, you know, I'm going to start building my own manual, my own blueprint, and speak to all these people, absorb all the knowledge, but realize the unfairness is inherent in the journey, but learn from it and iterate from it and optimize from it. And I think you're a perfect example of that. The fact that you have this massive, you know, pilot now, which, you know, you've told me about, which is going to unlock your business in the most incredible way and, and will make you guys a huge success, um, is that pragmatism and the ability to say, yes, it's not fair. I see that it's not fair, but we go anyway. Absolutely. I love that. And thank you for sharing. Like the incredible thing about this, and it's, I think it's Chris Williamson was talking about the Hormozy quote, which is, there is, say, talking about the things, not doing the thing, writing about the things, not doing the thing, telling your friend about doing the things, not doing the thing, writing it on the wall is not doing the thing, doing the thing is doing the thing, and you are doing your thing. You are not doing somebody else's thing. You are turning up and trying to bend the will of the world with your actions every single day, and that takes time, energy, people, ideas, small changes, big changes, all these things, iteration, and when you start to combine all of those forces together and keep pushing that snowball up the hill, at some stage you'll get to a plateau. It makes it a little bit easier to roll. Then you go again and then you go again and you get to the top of rum doodle at some stage and then you can start thinking about going downhill. But it is absolutely, I, like, I, I really love that analogy. It's, it's not meant to be fair. It's meant to be difficult mm. and it's difficult because it's rewarding. All the best things in life that I've done, sport, coaching, parenting, the biggest one, yeah. business, like they're fucking hard and they're so hard for a reason because if they're hard, it's because you care about it because you're emotionally invested in it. And if you're emotionally invested in something, then those are the people I want to work with. Those are the people that are going to change the world. Those are the people that are going to bend the will of the world with their actions. And how much do you think their background in, you know, elite level sports uh, plays part there? Because obviously, you know, you're training every single day. You know, there's no question. You're showing up every single day in order to try and make it in this thing that less than 1% of people make it in. So how much did that... You know, we, we talk about the uh, the muscle memory of yeah. resilience and of showing up. Do you see, you know, that, that's yeah. been a big part of it? I definitely think there's a, I don't think it's exclusive to sport. I think it's, exclusive, say, exclusive to people. And that's one of the things I've been blown away by in this journey is the incredible people you met who meet who have all these fantastic attributes. And you can feel it coming out of their pores when you meet them, they sweat it. And you have a half an hour conversation with a founder who's not even related to what you're doing, but you pick something up, you get a little bit of movement, you get a little bit of drive and like say, mo motivation doesn't really exist. It's, a, so it's about creating your own momentum through the actions that you take. And all of these people, they're so similar and they're, they're exactly the same attributes you see in sports. So I think the people in sport have these attributes but i don't think they're exclusive to it and like i say you, yourself you've been through it all you've been through the ringer you've say not been able i'm sure got to the stage where you're like how am i going to pay myself the people how are we going to um say somebody's coming to buy you the price is completely different whatever it might be you think you've got a big deal it disappears mm -hmm. like all of these things all of those attributes they're not exclusive to sport they're for, for certain people and those people tend to i think uh, navigate uh, navigate towards entrepreneurialism or intrapreneurialism within organizations, which is somewhere else that I've seen them.
Mm, interesting. Okay. The entrepreneurial thing is a really interesting one because it's, you know, you often uh, find people who go down the corporate route because that's, you know, what they think they're supposed to do. Um, but I think intra- entrepreneurialism is a wonderful thing because it does allow for people in those environments to flex that innovation muscle and still work on really interesting projects, you know, being able to bring in interesting startups, ideate and pilot ideas with them. So I think it's a really important thing. Um, so do you see with the coaching side of, of what you do now um, that there's been a change within corporates to really facilitate that more? How do you see the landscape? I I wish it was one that I had recognized earlier. I And again, what you don't know, you don't know when you start. And that was definitely one of them. I didn't understand that there's quite such an opportunity for organizations to help innovative, innovative ideas where they don't want to go and spend half a million quid delivering something that prefer to have five people that have been through that and then pick and choose something that aligns with their um, organization's values. I absolutely love that it's out there and with all these things, it's finding it. And I think definitely think that's something you become more acutely aware of as you move through your time as an entrepreneur is finding the hooks that you can grab onto um, depending on your stage of growth or stage full stop. But without a shadow of a doubt, I think it's something that people mustn't really forget that not all, but some of these huge organizations have amazing people inside them who've seen and done what you've done 50 times with a number of small organizations. They've got so many lessons to, to give. They've got so much time and energy because it's what they love, but they're on, they're on the corporate bounce. So it's mm. a bit easier for them. Yeah. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. And do you see that um, despite what's going on in the uh, economy right now, um, there is still willingness from these larger organizations to focus on wellness. And, and, and tell us yeah. a bit about your business as well, because we that, that's really you know the, the problem you're tackling here. Thank you. Yeah. In terms of corporates, I think, it's, I think we're at a really interesting inflection point. I think that there are so many well-intentioned, amazing organizations out there that have been a part of this first line, line of digital support and I think that we're at a point now where there are going to be some changes. I think digital only is fantastic for some people at some stages within their different challenges, whatever that may be. Um, I think the one thing that I personally believe has to be a part of any offering moving forward, going to have to be a part of any offering moving forward, is some sort of human connection piece. And when we're talking about people's health, I just have a huge personal bias towards people. I think that accountability in groups around critical areas of health throughout the life cycle, whether that be becoming a, a parent, becoming a carer, being a um, a diabetic, say somebody that's maybe suffered with bereavement, whatever it might be, that we're always stronger together. And it may not feel like it when you're in it, but when you're surrounded by like-minded people of similar lived experience, it creates a weight of belief and belief support and understanding that you're not the only one. It's a bit like Mm. entrepreneurialism, which is hard enough as it is, never mind being a hard word to say. (laughs) (laughs) I've still struggled with it. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's again, it's when, when you find your community, when you find your tribe, when you find your people, that's what we're bred for. That's what on the whole, and this is, say and 
that will make us stronger. And I'll come back around to my business in a minute. But it's like from there, I think then we can make decisions about where people can triage to. Mm. Then we can make decisions about, right, is your chronic pain something that we can support with a digital-only um, opportunity? And then you can reflect back. So with my learnings of getting it wrong, so we're on our third iteration of the platform now, we have essentially aligned two areas of huge social significance for businesses where we've brought together uh, preventative health because I believe that we've got to work. Preventative health is a nice thing to say, but it's not something that's been delivered really well on scale yet. Um, and so we're working on that. And then we're also looking at supporting organizations through their net zero stroke corporate social responsibility um, challenges that they've got and mobilizing their people in that. So in short, we're a B2B SaaS platform that um, rewards and recognizes healthy habits and behaviors through climate action or uh, social impact campaigns. And we allow people to join communities of like-minded individuals of similar lived experience in moderated groups where we're going to feed them content. Mm -hmm. And that is a mouthful. And I've got to get better at it. I said earlier, didn't I? I said, I'm a thousand words and 10 will do. Um, but we're, we're starting to hit some really nice notes now. We're doing stuff that's different. We've aggregated a number of resources, which are previously different platforms. It, make, again, makes it diff difficult for people. And I'm the biggest believer as I have to be. But now we're starting to get other people that somebody said to me, when you start this, you're like a bloke standing in a field with some headphones on dancing and people drive past and like, what on <laughs> earth? I've got clothes on when I'm dancing. But like, what on earth is this guy doing? And then somebody stops and it's like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, you want to listen? You unplug, you let the speaker go. People are, oh, there's music. This is quite cool. Some people start dancing. And we're starting to build that. So we're starting to build that now. And then hopefully in years to come, we'll become a festival. Mm. And you've got all these people dancing to all these bands, to all this amazing music, having an amazing time. And we're very much at the start of that. But we've got some, or we've had some incredible, incredible validation. Um, and I'm just excited to to grow it out and learn more as I go, because I've got plenty more to get wrong. Mm. But I'm, I'm so excited about getting it done. No, and I, I love the excitement. Mm -hmm. The social connection piece is really, really interesting because I think that um, the world that we live in, technology is probably bringing people further apart in terms of true social connection and almost making us reconsider what social connection really is. You know, um, and, and we've spoken about this in the podcast before, but social connection to me means, you know, real emotional connection, real high quality connection with other individuals um sometimes now connection can be confused with a button on linkedin yeah. you know and and a follow account which is not and that's why i think you have people who are very confused because they feel they have lots of social connection because they're getting 50 dms on instagram whatever it might be but they actually feel very very isolated and very lonely because they've replaced that um real connection with this you know quantity of you know metrics yeah. yeah quantity of metrics and minor engagements online so what does social connection mean to you how do you guys foster that and my belief is if you can foster genuine social connection amongst like-minded people then you know it's something the world desperately needs yeah definitely um and i'll start with i wholeheartedly agree with you are we perfect no and everybody always looks for binary they want mm -hmm. yes or no and I think the reality of where we live and the health challenges that we see within population health means that what we're doing isn't working. And the rise of those population health metrics 
are accounted by everything from micro stresses to the food available to the big one is probably um, financial, like what can people actually afford? Mm. What does minimum wage look like? How does it? So the bigger problem, I think I, I can't solve, but I can start to put layers in place. That means that if we start solving those other ones, they're not say they're going to be um, accelerated by the fact that we've got a system in place that can not only help and mobilize a certain part of the population because we're B2B, right? So immediately by being B2B, we are not wholly equitable because there's people without jobs. But I I can't, at the moment, I don't feel that I can solve... Can't solve all the world's problems. Exactly. (laughs) No, no, exactly. So I just want to start out with that is is by saying there, there are a whole other load of problems. The problems we're looking to solve in terms of connecting people is, is it going to be the opportunity for everybody every day to sit next to somebody that's exactly like them. No, it is not. But it's about moving the needle away from isolation, working at home challenges, um, demographic challenges, and bringing those people together, not just within their business, but within across all the businesses we support to look after them and allow them the opportunity to have access to amazing content that's clinically or appropriately led that is going to utilize utilize role models to empower the real human qualities that we understand, help drive better behavior. Mm. The businesses that we want to work with are the ones that believe in that and are prepared to put that into the, the, the workflow of their employees. Because another another one of the big challenges is like, what do you do for well-being? There's, there's something over there. Mm-hmm. Like, go and use it. How do you use it? I, I don't really know. Just go and use it. And, and that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek because there's also an amazing amount of incredible people doing phenomenal things to try and support people but i feel that it needs to come into line and it needs to, needs to be systemized because it's the old methods are many principles are few it's like there's too many methods sat in the ether as opposed to being aligned and structured so it's it's a big challenge because we've had technology for 25 years in this space and people started out with small ideas which have grown into big things, but they're, yet they're not aligned with the, the systemized approach of where people access things. To come full circle then, how does that look in connection? In time, we'd love for it to be the opportunity to, to do stuff in person as well, but the reality is at the moment, it's um, human-led tech-enabled. Mm-hmm. It's um, the ability to be able to feel that you're not alone, that you're not the only person going through stuff, that you're supported by other people like yourself and that better is possible. So we're by no means over here on the spectrum, but we're also, I think, we're moving away from where people have tried to solve the problem before, and we've seen challenges around retention, engagement, mm. and deliverables on a return on investment, which is the one the business wants to know about. Yeah, of course. And how difficult is it to have a conversation with a business about return on investment um, when it comes to wellness? Because I think it's one of the things that, um, you know, we know that there is obviously a huge... Um, quality of life improvement there's a huge uh, moral onus on companies to make sure that their their team and their, their their staff are in the best place they can possibly be but how do you try and justify that from an roi perspective yeah um so this is the conversation right and this is the one that the, the smart businesses are asking and for us at the moment it's very much a case of we're just aligning ourselves with um a university to run some academic research on what I believe will be an opportunity to give a real reflective ROI. But there's some key areas that we would like to approach and talk about that I feel 
can differentiate what we're doing. Number one is how do we move away from the technology being something that sits outside the everyday workflow and integrate it into things that people are doing that make them feel great about work. So i.e. kudos, recognition, um, access to employee resource groups, all of those sorts of things. How can we make that part of when you sign up to us, we are looking after and we're showing you that by making sure that these entry points are there for you every day and other people will be utilizing them. Um, and then the other one is, say, aggregation of platforms. Like, let's let's strip away what you've got and let's focus on what's important and let us, hopefully, all being well, um, push people where they need to go. And so it, it becomes an easier conversation to have when we're saying we're not as well as we'll look after the other bit. Say, so you, you put us in front of your people and we'll manage the rest. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's by no means a, a simple one. And I... I kind of disagree in terms of the the ROI piece because there is without a shadow of a doubt with wellness in my mind is looking after the person throughout their life mm-hmm. and I think the, the meditation the mindfulness the, the eating well all of those things are part of it but it has to be focused around those big life mm. and then from there you can help people yeah 100% I, I totally agree with that and what made you want to dedicate this next you know part of your career to wellness uh, a couple of th- three three big th- well, three or four big things number one is like midlife crisis so to speak so I, I turned 40 we had three kids in 23 months so we got three and a half year old twins and five and a half year old covid that all happened at once and I'd been thinking about it and I was just like I'm helping privileged people do privileged things I feel like my skill set is something that could help loads more people how can I do that so I was quite strategic and like well, how can I how can I get to the most people through the reach the routes that I know um, the other is standing up for what I believe in like I wanted to I wanted to show my kids that if you stand up for what you believe in you can do something exceptional you can go out and really help a lot of people do great things um, and then finally is uh, my family we've got mental health in my family and that's been I've seen everything from my brother who's happy for me to talk about this my brother say been sectioned and looked after in a hospital all the way through to now where he still has challenges but he's got borderline personality disorder but he, he deals with them so much with, with so much more control because of friends family network medication therapy all of these this whole support system that sits around him and in the beginning of his journey i was terrible i'm like embarrassing really but in terms of understanding what he was going through but now like we're super close and um that has been a a big driver for me it's like surely bed as possible and mm. if bad as possible if, if if not me then who if not now then when because tomorrow is always going to come and the actions that you take today are going to reflect upon where you end up say where you end up going this is it, 100%. Okay, all right, I've got five questions that I ask everyone. Yep. Um, my first question for you is, what's the single biggest risk you've ever taken and what was the outcome? Oh. God, I thought about this before and I, I literally, I, it's, it's one of those whereby I'm not sure as I see it as risks or learning an opportunity. And I guess it depends on the outcome, right? <laughs> What does what well, does it? Because you're always going to learn. Mm, and, true. But without taking the action, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. I think if I if I can flip it, the, the, the things, the big life moments that I'm most proud of and pleased I've committed to, dis, despite the risks that come with it, like getting married, having my family, like those have been, and it, it's a huge 
responsibility, like, but it's the greatest privilege ever. And to have the opportunity to be able to have a happy, healthy family and see if I can do everything in my power to make them good little people into great big people, I think that's like an amazing risk stroke responsibility. So it's a little bit of a different way of looking at it, but to me, like, that's the thing that lights my fire. That's the thing that really gets me up in the morning. And say so to do that with my wife is something I'm really, really proud of. Yeah, I love that. It's a really nice one and um, makes heads of sense. Mm. It's um, it's always amazing to hear the different answers that we get, but I think that's one which is uh, really, really you know, consistent. When people have been through the ups and downs of life and you know, mm. changed careers mm. and tried projects, had successes, had failures, you know, it always comes back to that, which I think is uh, fantastic. Okay, my next one for you yes. is, is there anything you wish you did differently? Yes, there's one thing 100% I wish I did differently, which is I handed my notice in at, my, uh, at work before I told my wife and I came home, I was like, I've handed my notice in, I'm going to give this project a try. Terrible communication, <laughs> appalling leadership, wrong and wouldn't do it again, I'd consult next time. So that's an easy one for me. Wow, okay, I love that. Most people cop out of that answer so, so much. <laughs> Most people really, cop, they're like, well, you know, everything I've done has led me to where I am now. I love that because I, because I think that's the reality. Yes, things may be different, but there are some times where you're just like, nah, shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's 100%. That's one of them. Yeah, you can try and justify as much. Yeah. Well, if I had done nah, that, then no, poor, just, yeah. Was, yeah. Poor character <laughs> judgment on my behalf. Okay, love that. <laughs> Great. All right, my next one for you is, what are you proudest of? Yeah, I think, and I've done the family bit, so that's obvious. Um, I'm incredibly proud that I've managed to leave my job, go through 26 months of ups, downs, ins, out, meet amazing people. And regardless now, like I've managed to achieve something that I'm really proud of in terms of the product and what we can do and what it can grow to. I'm beyond proud of the people that believe in me, that have come on board from investors to pilot projects to just the tribe we're building like the amount of people that are giving me free time to help lift me up stand on their shoulders is something that I will never ever ever tire of it's just amazing like there's incredible people out there I'm sure you've seen know and have met so many of them mm. it's the most heartwarming passion driving exhilarating part of the journey and you meet these amazing people and there's so many awesome people in the world it's Love that, man. I think um, it's, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think people always used to say to me when I was a young entrepreneur that it's all about the people. And it's, I thought people just said that. It's one of those <laughs> things that people say. Uh, but it's true. It yeah. really is true. And I think it's there's two sides to it. One, it's all about the people because of the people that you meet and the experiences you have, the opportunities to learn, the social connection. The other part is, and I think this is actually one of the beautiful, beautiful things about the startup journey, is actually, you know, you need amazing people to be part of your team and join the vision and, and all of that because, you know, you can't execute it by yourself. You know, to, to do what we want to do, you need to have an amazing team. And in order to retain amazing people, you need to treat people amazingly, you know? And I think it's a beautiful thing because I, I meet a lot of founders and they're like, oh, I'm really struggling with staff. So I just can't hire anyone good. And it always makes me think like, yeah, why? Yeah, why? You know, is it them or is it you? Right. And I think, um, of course, hiring is difficult. Don't get me yeah. wrong. You know, hiring is difficult. But, you know, I think leaders need to take a long, hard look at themselves if they're struggling with people. 
You know, I think that that should really be a real wake up call to tell them, you know, what, why are you struggling with people so much? Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a tangent. But, no, no, definitely. And, and just to, to add to that, another and I love a cliche and a saying is that I can't do anything brilliant on my own. Mm. I need amazing people. And there's that weight of and compounding of amazing ideas and energy that becomes unstoppable. And I do believe that. And I'm not, I'm not even near that point. Like I said, we're not the start line yet, but I know if we can do and deliver on what we say that that's possible and like you look at these guys in the room with you today amazing and it's just brilliant like the way that you've been in contact with me the, just the energy and your messages all that stuff it matters like mm. that that's what matters people matter and if you remember that it gives you a strong foundation to move forward 100 percent, and you'll learn the hard way if you don't because <laughs> I, I, what i'd say is um in real sport, although we had a great outcome, I think me and my co-founder, look, we were 22 when we founded those businesses. We were 26 when they sold. 21. Yeah, I think yeah, 21 when we founded them, 26 when we sold. And we didn't let go quick enough. We didn't let go of things quick enough. We didn't pass the ball quick enough, right? We, we wanted to take too many touches. You know, just, yeah, using, yeah. just using sports analogies yeah, for not, you, of course, not? right? Yeah, sports, uh, sports. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but but that was the reality of the matter, and probably the the thing that's allowed connected to grow as quickly as it has. You know, we're now ninety people globally, wow. is because we just hand things off immediately and just bring people in, trust them, let them make mistakes, and ultimately, you know, of course, you 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 know, you hope people grow with those things. Sometimes they don't, you know, sometimes it is a misalignment or intentions are wrong, whatever, these things happen. But for every misaligned person that we've empowered where maybe it hasn't worked out in the long run, that um, mentality of empowerment and letting people get on with it has allowed us to be 50 times the business that we would have been without it. So well said, and that's one for me to take away and learn definitely, is trust is, what say, Autonomy, Mastery and Purpose, the Daniel Pink trilogy around giving people the opportunity to um, feel valued at work and all of that autonomy and trust obviously are hugely aligned and I wholeheartedly believe. So what if somebody makes a mistake? I've made so many and I'm, I'm going to make more and <laughs> say stop being so judgmental and thinking you're perfect and let, mm. say, let people learn and that's the, the best way to let them learn. Love that. All right, my next one for you is what does it take to be successful? You're better off answering that, aren't you? <laughs> what is success? Like, oh, that's the thing. Go. For me, um, so I've, I've, I've got three areas in, in my life that I spend my time on currently. My health, so I, and the, these are very basic, but sort of give you an outline of what I do. It's, uh, my health, my relationships, which are largely driven by my family at the moment and work. Success to me is making sure I can turn up in all three of those consistently over the course of time with great energy understanding that I can do anything, but I can't do everything. So choosing what it is that I, and where I focus my time. And in a time and attention poor, um, constricted opportunity, there is only, as I say, there is only me. And I've got people that do stuff in and around the business with me at the moment, but I'm the only full-time person as we currently um, stand. So, know that those are the buckets that I'm filling train I try and train th three three or more times a week it's generally about three try and make sure I spend quality time with my family I'm I'm terrible with my phone like <laughs> so I'm tr getting better at that and then making sure that I keep working forward with the business and knowing that nothing will change today and nothing will change tomorrow but if I keep going things do change then all of a sudden mm -hmm. this uh, the, the the funniest one that I can recount is I can't use the name, but this pilot that we've been blessed to be able to get on board, I was 
I got the message telling me that it was all happening whilst I had one kid screaming at me. The other, the other kid was sat on the loo having a poo, got poo all over themselves. And I was like, this is meant to be an amazing moment and I'm about to explode. But, and my wife was out, so there was nobody to tell. But it, and that is exactly it. It's, it's never going to look like you think it's going to look. It's never going to be what you expect it to be. It's normal people doing extraordinary things because they've taken the decision that that's the direction they're going and they're not stopping. And yeah, say things might happen and it might not work out and that could still happen here, right? But my intention is not that. My intention is going to be led by my actions that I'm going to get brilliant people who've done it before, get them on board to help me navigate all these bits and pieces from everything from InfoSec to talking to C-suiters to all the stuff I haven't done before. And I'm, I'm going to find a way. And as long as I keep those three big buckets, my health, my relationships and work aligned and don't worry too much about anything else, then we'll see what tomorrow brings. I love it. I really, really love it, James. And I think it speaks so much to your mentality because I think that the most successful people that I know uh, do an amazing job of grounding themselves within something within their control. Right, so I know that I can't control if I'm going to get that pilot or not, if this person's going to invest, you know, all of these other things. But if I can keep on anchoring back to my routine, to the fact that I'm going to train three times a week, the fact that I'm going to spend time with my family, then that becomes home, yeah. you know, that routine. And all the chaos around that actually is not irrelevant, of course, we still yeah. feel it and everything else, but it becomes non-existential yeah. because actually I know what my grounding is, I know where home is in that way, and it allows you to to really, really uh, navigate or try to navigate yeah. the ups and downs uh, of this journey. So I think that's am amazing advice. And also love the fact that, as you said, you know, that consistency does eventually lead to success, you know, that consistency and commitment and showing up every day. Uh, but yeah, it's never how, how you think it's going to look. <laughs> and, um, you know, those those highs will come at any time. Those lows will come at, yeah. you know, you, 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 we've probably had the situation where we're at the birthday party, right? We're at a nice, you know, dinner with our partner where the bad news comes in, yeah. right? And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, this evening wasn't supposed to be how it's going to go, but um, part of the journey. It is, and it's part of what, makes us who we are and it's part of and, and again i talk, spoke about rugby and the identity mm -hmm. i think the same goes for entrepreneurs is like you're not you say you're roy that's who you are and yeah you happen to be an entrepreneur but you also happen to be let's say um in a relationship you also happen to be somebody who enjoys your meditation mm -hmm. and your exercise and that's who you are so don't ever forget that because as soon as we go away from that and we pull into being i'm this business that's that's when in my mind that's when you're done. Yes. Because you, everything's reliant on something and then your highs are going to be too high, your lows are going to be too low. A hundred percent. And I think I um, only fully learned that a couple of years ago, right? So when we sold Real Sport, even though it was the outcome that I wanted, you know, actually the identity crisis I had after we sold because it's like, oh God, who am I now? You know, what am I going to be now? Yeah. And, you know, it, I speak to so many entrepreneurs who say the same thing. And when you allow your identity to be tied into something which is outside of your control, that's when you get in real trouble, right? Absolutely. And I think that's why it's about trying to live, you know, wholeness, integrate with the light, the shadow, all the parts of you who you are. Um, but, you know, another problem for us to solve at some point. <laughs> um, all right, my last question yes. for you is, James. 15-year-old James walks in the room right now. What are you going to tell him? Well, then, for telling the careers lady you wanted to be a rugby player. <laughs> I showed her right. Yeah. Well, I showed her wrong because she said, you can't do that, it's not a job. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing to say. Just keep, say, keep being you and nothing. Well, 
I, I just find find so much value in that when you are, you'll never feel more comfortable than when you're being your true self because you will attract the things, people, and that really want to be there for you. And I think that's that's something I've learned recently, definitely. Like I've maybe truly had to because I've been on my own doing something, but there is nothing more powerful than somebody who is unapologetic, unapologetically themselves within boundaries, of course, not being a, a Nazi or anything like that. Right? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Helps, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so just be continue to find things that light you up and those things that light you up will hopefully steer you towards being the truest version of yourself you can be. And I just think that's such a wonderful thing when you meet people like that because they don't have to apologize for anything. They mm. just, they are where they are. And Definitely. And I think that those are the most powerful people when they can be authentically themselves because then, you know, they know where their boundaries are, you know where their boundaries are. And, and really it's, it's you know, very difficult. It's non-negotiable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. At that stage. You know, this is who I am. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Um, and it can be infuriating for other people, but it means that you're never going to do something which doesn't align with your values. So you true. know, in that way. And I think it's really tough. And I getting into a bit of a tangent yeah, here. Definitely. But it goes back to the 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 dark and the the light, you know, the 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 positive and the negative within everyone. And I think especially in a social media first world where and all of our role models are guilty of this, or a lot of our role models are guilty of this, where they try to portray themselves as perfect people. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you saw the Beckham documentary recently. Yeah. Right, and it's like okay, well, that's glossed over a lot. lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And oh yes, <laughs> yeah. And it's like okay, well, you're building um, this false reality in people's minds of perfection, where darkness is managed to be this. Well, you know, yeah, something know, happened, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't really. You know what I mean? And I think it's where people get in a lot of trouble, um, and it it takes them further away from the real version of themselves, and also puts pressure on people to be a perfect person. Whereas we all have yin and yang, right? Well, this is an, a concept as old as time. If, if I can ever use something as a reflection and I come back to it and it's because it is such a big part of my life, but like having having kids is the hardest thing I've ever done. And everyone's, everyone's like, you're having a baby, amazing. This is awesome, you're like awesome. And then it is so hard and it is so testing on your relationship. And it is, I, I've said this I don't, countless times, like my wife can happily have a role in the next Avengers film because <laughs> being a mum is a superhero and credit to all those different mixes of families there are out there. Anybody who chooses to bring children up, like they say that being a parent's only hard if you care. And like I, say, I alluded to it earlier, and there's so much truth in that. Anything you care about is going to bring out the light and darken you because it's an emotional attachment to you. And there's always going to be some slightly different nuances to what you and you and my, my wife and I have known each other for years. I'd say, I better get this right now, 11 <laughs> years. So we're together at Christmas. But like, even then, there's, you still want to pull each other's hair out at times. But mm -hmm. the, that light and dark, as you, as you said, accessing that I think is important and not just living in the gray, like mm. being able to fluctuate through them and understanding that and knowing that it's a part of life and being able to be yourself within that, I think, is hugely valuable. Giving yourself a bit of license to say it's all right that I'm not, I'm not bloody perfect all the time. I'm tired sometimes. I'm, I get it. I get shit wrong all the time. I, you know, that's not a strength of mine. All of these things are mm. so important, mate. So hundred percent. Like and we're if, all we're all humans. Exactly. And if you don't integrate the shadow, the shadow will integrate you. 
Like that. That's coming home with me. Okay. Back to Devon. (laughs) All right. All right. Where can people find you, James? Um, The the most, uh, my most prolific output is probably LinkedIn, just James Parks. Um, But yeah, anybody who'd like to, one thing I always say is I've certainly made a lot of, say, a lot of errors along the journey. If there's anybody that would love to talk through, and there are, I guess, people I've got relevance to might be super early on. Is that I'd love to be able to support them in any way which possible, and I'm always very willing to give my time and help people as I've been helped on a number of occasions, like to say yourself and many others. James, you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for watching the episode, and if you haven't subscribed, please hit subscribe below so that you can support the podcast and we can keep on bringing you amazing new guests. If you want to see the other amazing episodes in this podcast, click into our series section. As ever, if there are any other guests or topics you want us to explore, just let me know in the comments and we'll do our best to bring someone in.